Welcome everyone to another episode of the In Real Deep Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Semino, and with me as always is my co-host, Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. America is closed. America's closed? <laughs> your first one was kind of in the accent too, which should have been straight, straight, you know, uh, American, and the second one should have been accented, I think, because you were doing Tucci and Hanks back to back, right? Yeah. 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 Sorry. <laughs> It's okay. I'm it's just a, here to naysay and nitpick. So, a question and an answer, <laughs> call and response. Yeah. yeah. Well, America <laughs> is closed, sadly, in real life. But we are watching a movie where it was closed for, I guess, not even fun reasons. I guess also very sad reasons to Mr. Hanks to Victor Navorsky. But a much more enjoyable movie, weirdly enjoyable in a way we will discuss later on. I'm talking, of course, about The Terminal, the 2004 American comedy drama. I guess that's how we can describe it. That's pretty broad, but whatever. Sure. <laughs> it's the next uh, entry in our Tom Hanks filmography series, which we are slowly working our way through. And, Andrew, I insisted we do this one because I really like this movie. I have no idea what you're going to say. Don't get too into it just yet, but I I love this movie, even though I know it's kind of bad, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I can understand that perspective yeah, I, I I can understand it. I don't. I wouldn't say I love this movie, but I can understand. It has a charm to it. I, I couldn't imagine it's, it's someone tough. watching it for the first time in 2020 saying I love this movie. That would be weird. I feel like that would be you'd be hopping yeah. on. But I think you know we'll we'll get into it. We'll get it. first before we get to that point. Let's do our beverage of choice segment. Andrew, I'm drinking a beer which I believe you said you are a fan of. It is the Surrender Dorothy Rye PA from Seven oh, yeah. Locks Brewing in Rockville, Maryland, your adopted hometown. Just right down the road from me. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I, you're you're tipping your hand on where you are in the world. <laughs> That's I, right. The eagle-eared listeners. Like, yes. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Pretty sure they don't ship to L.A. But, no, uh, L.A. has not gotten Seven Locks Brewery yeah. just yet. But they should because yeah. it's very, very good. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's And a, a nice little uh, movie reference and also a local Beltway driving. Yep, there's a picture of the well, Wizard of so. Oz castle right on the front. So. Well, it's both the Wizard of Oz castle but also the Mormon temple, which oh. for local. Oh, so it's a reference it's, to a movie and real. I get a, it now. Wow. Yeah, it, it's a comp. It's a combo, and I believe on the bridge there's a bridge. If you, I'm sure you've driven by there, there's a bridge that an overpass over the Beltway that's right by there. That I think I, I used to have Surrender Dorothy spray painted on it, oh. which of course is around to the Wizard of Oz. Yes, so. of course. Wow, fun <laughs> facts from our resident Maryland expert. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Andrew, what are you enjoying this evening? I'm also drinking a local beer. It's a Port City Porter. Uh, that's from Alexandria, Virginia, but not too far away. Uh, it's all, It says on the bottle that it's a robust porter, uh, so I don't know what that means. But, yeah, uh, can you taste the robustness, do you think, or is that just, yeah, or are they just making think, that up? I, I think of all porters as robust. Yeah, I was. that was that was also a thought I had, is I don't think of, I've never had one that isn't, really, so. It's but, not so much inaccurate as it is redundant, I guess I would say. <laughs> That's a good way to classify. <laughs> yeah. It's not a session porter. Uh, no, I would imagine. It's a weird thing to even imagine. Yeah, I mean, they'll probably make one someday, and I don't think anyone will drink yeah. it. So that'll no. be. But God bless the fine brewers who make it, because they're you know rolling the yeah. dice and see what happens. Yeah. All right, Andrew, we're in a good mood. We're here to talk about the terminal. This is a very. I think the whole crux of this movie, if you describe it to someone, you obviously would start with. 
it stars Tom Hanks and it's directed by Steven Spielberg. And I think those two things mean a lot. And then I think every other word out of your mouth would be, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, why? The first part sounds exciting. The rest of it sounds like gibberish. And why then would the first two be involved in the second part? It's, I don't know the, I don't know enough about the genesis of this movie, but I think you would agree that it is, I wouldn't even say disjointed. I think it knows what it's going for, but it's just, the tone is just very odd the entire time, and I don't really understand, again, why those two stars of Hollywood decided to come together for it. I think the third thing you would say about it is a qualifier, which is, but Tom Hanks has a Russian accent, which then <laughs> would make someone's head turn, because, like, why would you, why would you do that? Like, why would you take, like, one of the most talented actors to ever live and one of the most decorated greatest directors to ever live and have them do this together. And I, I should say, like, Steven Spielberg is making the decision to do this. Let's be honest, that guy can write his own checks at this point. So it's not really like... And same for Tom Hanks, I suppose. So it's it's not really like any studio was forcing them into, like, some sort of... No, absolutely know. not. It's produced by Steven Spielberg... Directed by Steven Spielberg, yeah. like, yeah, it's they can do whatever they wanted. They chose out of presumably dozens of projects to potentially make to to put the terminal in theaters. Yeah. It's not like nineteen forty seven and they're pushing Humphrey Bogart out for like his twenty seventh movie of the year <laughs> at Warner Brothers. You know, like, they, they, these guys had choices. Um I will so, say though, Andrew. I mean, I know what you're saying about Tom Hanks and the accent. It's a weird choice. It's you know, it has to happen for the sake of the movie. I will. I would argue that Tom Hanks does a wonderful job as Victor Navorsky. I would say it's. I'd say the first ten minutes are odd, and you don't. I think it's very again. The, the tone of this is. I would not argue with someone who said the tone is odd the entire time and they don't like it as a result. But I think in the first ten minutes, it's very uncertain what you're getting into, and then I think as you go on and on and get to know Victor, both the characters in the movie and then you as the viewer, I think he's just unbelievably charming. Like I would say this is one of the most charming. Ha I think he's turned up to eleven on the charm meter here, which the movie needs. It does not work. I couldn't imagine this working with anybody else, and I think even Tom Hanks's Herculean performance performance in it is the only reason it is it is something special in my mind uh i mean i don't know that i agree that it couldn't work with someone else but i think it's important that you have a a charming actor right like and and obviously that's one of tom hanks but who main... else is victor navorsky then in your alternate universe terminal uh gary oldman i'm just kidding uh <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know um you need someone puffy you need someone like you need someone uh you know sort of a doof but also intelligent like it's a it's it's i think it's a thinner needle of thread than you think i think that's probably true but i don't think there's only tom hanks can fulfill this role and also like i really resent your question because you're making it sound like i should have been prepared for this um no <laughs> it's not I agree with you that it's not it's not bad. It um it doesn't it, it somehow sort of works as an entertaining movie. I again I don't think it's a good one, but it didn't it, it certainly having seeing it the first time even 16 years after it was released, uh it held my attention, right? Which actually I think if you look back on like even like a like a Sleepless in Seattle, which is like a much more decorated Hanks movie, like that movie didn't really I had to like force myself to watch, get through that. And like, I didn't have to force myself to get through it. It's just sort of, I just think it's weird. You know, like, uh, like, I, I don't know how, how else to say it. I just think it's weird to go like, let's get Tom Hanks stuck in a airplane terminal 
for an interminable amount of time. I'm like, okay, I'm with you there so far. <laughs> and he's going to speak in a Russian accent, accent the whole time. I'm like, well, he's America's dad. What are you doing? Like, no, no. Like, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Um, and he's going to be surrounded and, by some of the most insufferable characters to ever appear in in recent american cinema like it's i think everyone but him in this like not every performance is bad but almost every character is strange or or abrasive or just downright unpleasant like everyone sucks and i hate all of them and i almost like do not find the joy i I think that does the trick because i think the end you're supposed to feel like everyone loves victor and victor loves everyone and they're all turning you know they're all banding together and i was like i sort of hate all of you guys like i certainly hate stanley tucci but that's on purpose at least like i hate Captain zeta jones i really hate diego luna i think he's the creepiest fuck in the world in this movie like i hate i hate almost everybody like i don't i don't really want to want to i don't want anyone to necessarily succeed which is not a good thing for your movie no uh, I would say I like Zoe Saldana. And that was a nice su- surprise to see her like a very early that in her career. That storyline is so strange, though. Well, the, yeah, but her character, you were talking about the character. I found her yes. character to be charming. Um, although I agree that Diego Lewis was just obnoxious. Here, he I'll give you He proposes like, to a, a woman without meeting her, and he's afraid. I believe he's ever, yeah. never said a word to her at that point, but they like Star yeah, Trek, yeah. so they get married. Yeah. Why couldn't they just go on a date? Why couldn't the, why couldn't the proposal yeah. be like, uh, I, I want to take you out to dinner, as opposed to we're going to get married at the airport? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's all... I, I think I think that's true. And I, I one of the things I did write down in my pretty limited notes was that uh, I, I really had a hard time buying, like, any part of the love interest with Catherine Zeta Jones, like even like why Victor would be sort of, I don't know. It, it, it just, it, yeah, it, it, it's very, uh, it's very strange. Um, I think this movie did make whoppers look really good though. So, <laughs> oh, like, I wanted to, I wanted a Whopper for the first time in like 20 years. The Whoppers like, do look delicious in this movie. Like when he gets it, you're <laughs> so hungry. Like I wasn't even that hungry. And I was like, man, I feel him. Victor's starving this well, right now for a Whopper. I think you can imagine the saltine and ketchup sandwich that he was eating before <laughs> that. Like, Someone get this guy a goddamn meal. Uh, so, and finally he did. Um, That's I, a I fun think, part of the movie, uh, I think. That little, that little, you know, yeah. half hour chunk where he's scheming and scamming his way to just like survive in the airport. Like I thought that was very that might be the most adorable part of the movie i was very very on board with victor making it through and getting that whopper yeah and then stanley tucci comes along and like cock boxing on the his little scheme uh i do i do like this movie for the fact that it's way ahead of its time in making border agents seem like real assholes um (laughs) so you know that's a positive, I suppose. It do, they do make a whole um, <laughs> uh, airport movie after 9-11 that really doesn't mention, you know, doesn't tie itself to really yeah, terrorism yeah. at all, too, which is kind of wild. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say, I was watching this with my girlfriend, and she had never seen it before, and she was very intrigued. And I, like, sold it to her because, like, I love this movie. And, and I was a lot of, like, like I did with you, Andrew. I was like, I think we should watch it. It'll be great. But also, it kind of sucks. And if you hate it, I understand. Like, I was offering both sides. But she knew very little about it. And then when she sat down to watch it, she said afterwards, the first ten minutes, she was, I think because of the Hank Spielberg thing, she was like, oh, this must be a movie about international relations and diplomacy and, like, intrigue and, and like, an a serious film that addresses, like, being stranded in the country and immigration, like, all these things that she figured were relevant. And then I think 20 minutes in, she's like, oh, no, it's just Tom Hanks bumbling around an airport. Yeah. <laughs> that's all it is. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's like you, you, you hear the, again, you hear the names involved and then, and if you don't go like even one, like one slightly less shallow layer deeper, you assume it's going to be something. And it's, and what it really is to me is like, I would definitely stop and watch 30 minutes of this movie. It was on TNT. Like it's a very, it's a very cable ready movie. I feel like, and I'm a little surprised it's not like more, more of a cable ready, um, you know, movie already. Um, and so, and I say that again, I didn't, I don't really like it, but I, there, <laughs> are, there are scenes I would like to rewatch, like the Whopper one, the, um, you know, I think I you'd agree that it's. Just I, it, but... I think it has two things going <laughs> beyond Tom Hanks. There are other things I do like. I think it has two things that are undeniably going for it. One is the production design is amazing. It looks. I mean, it's a. It's it's a little. It's cheap, not meaning money wise, but it's just like it's easy to just make a airport. They built an airport. I don't know if you knew that. They built an airport terminal. So. That's wild. Like, that wasn't shot anywhere. They didn't want them to shoot somewhere, so they built a giant set inside a hangar in L.A. Uh, not LAX, but another local airport. So I thought it looks cool as hell. And you can tell Spielberg obviously spent a lot of – used a lot of that Spielberg clout to to get a $60 million budget, and you probably use almost all that on his salary, Hank's salary, and an airport. So that's – I think that's great. And I think yeah, the script yeah. is – I think the script is – Really, really uh, charming as well, and, and quotable. I think Tom Hanks has. You and I have been sending, you know, the straight text back and forth since you watched this, and like, there's seven, eight, nine things that my friends and I talk about that now you and I are talking about. Like, there are a lot of fun things. He says like medicine for goat, and Hugo Boss one forty nine ninety nine two nines two nines four nines. Like he has the way Hanks says the stuff in his <laughs> in his silly stilted Russian accent is. I think he, they use it very, very well. On like the the half sentences and all that are very charming. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I just think it's like I, I'm just shocked that this is a thing that exists actually. In like in retrospect, um, uh, but I'm like kind of oddly glad it exists. I guess is where I would, where I would sort of sort of land. Uh, and yeah, you get hung, you get hung up on the minutes. pedigree element. You just wish it was that they, those two would have put their heads together on something a little more uh, valuable to the cinematic world. Uh, I don't know, no, because I don't, no, I, I don't, I don't, and and it's not like they didn't later, right? Like, I mean, they like made Bridge of Spies and like a mm-hmm. couple other things, so like they they did make more serious movies together and um, <clears throat> excuse me, do more serious stuff, but uh, it's not um, it's just a strange thing to think about being in the universe. I guess. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm like. I just got to the end and I'm. Like I didn't hate that. I don't know what I just saw, uh, and I'm not sure. In the context of like Tom Hanks's career, I'm not even sure like where to put it. Although, although maybe it is sort of like it, 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 it it's either a bizarre sequel to Castaway, uh, or um, which also involves a plane, uh, uh, or um, it's it's kind of like the start of the the true downslope, which which maybe is maybe is the case, um, and not not like. Yeah, not a downslope where Hanks can't carry an entire movie, which I mean clearly carries this whole one. But, um, you know, I'd say the last one we did was Castaway, and this is uh, a step it just in terms of like <laughs> overall like forceful, excellent performances. It's just not in the same 
realm essentially so yep that's actually that's a great way to pivot here to talking about tom in general because the last movie we talked about as you said was castaway and this is sort of a representative of a a, not a huge long time period but i think as we said in the castaway episode this is where things start to take a turn and there's not a lot of there's really not a ton of misses in this era era you get road to perdition you get catch me if you can you get lady killers you get the terminal and you get polar express so you get five leading roles and i believe road to perdition did fine Catch Me If You Can was beloved by everybody. Lady Killer's huge flop. Terminal did pretty well, made 214 uh, worldwide. And the Polar Express was, I believe, a big hit. But I think this is definitely the era, and especially what we're getting to from here, where he loses that mystique, you know? Like, it wasn't, he wasn't a guarantee anymore. He wasn't, and he was like, not just a guarantee of of box office success, but of, you know, of, of nailing those choices. Like most of the things, a lot of the big stuff we've talked about over the last couple episodes is just, he just kept making great choices. Like as, as good as he yeah. was in those movies, working with great directors, great writers, just a great cast. Like, you know, well, like we said, sort of uh, stepping back and, and, and falling into, if not a supporting role, then certainly an ensemble type role. A lot of the times, like he definitely was mixing it up yeah. between big leading roles and smaller ones. And from here you get, uh, you just, you don't necessarily, Necessarily get that level of uh, maybe he just ran out of who knows exactly what the reason was did he run out of juice did he just did he make a few misfires it's hard to say but things definitely take a turn at this point not necessarily for the worse but certainly not for the better yeah and I think what's also interesting is like he I feel like this after watching this I'm like oh he's also just again he's not necessarily yeah he's not at like Philadelphia Forrest Gump you know saving private Ryan peak but He's, it's not like he's bad in this movie, but he is like, it's odd. He's kind of settling into like some quirkier roles. Um, and like, as we look at the next few we've got ahead of us, so we've got uh, Da Vinci Code, which I would argue just on the hair alone is a pretty quirky role. I can't more, wait to talk about it. Actually, I don't know if I can wait. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be great or we're just going to, that, that might be one where we pull our hair out and, and struggle to make it to the end yeah. of that movie. Hopefully we're all wearing Robert Langdon wigs when we pull our hair out. And then, like, and then um, you know, we're going to finish up with the Mr. Ray, which is, I I know it's, it's strange you call it quirky, but he's playing, like, uh, that. to me that is an interesting choice late in his career to play such a notable figure. You know, and and from what I understand, I haven't seen it. He's he's in he's in a true much more of a true supporting role there. Um, so it does start to I, I do feel like it kind of starts to shift. And even like even catch me if you can, um, you know, that's a great movie. But I I feel like he that's a that's a Leo movie, and Tom Hanks is in it, not the other way around. Um, and so so maybe that's part of the shift too, is he's starting to, um, you know. Um, move away from that like traditional leading man role. I mean, he can still do it. Like I said, I brought up bridge of spies, which was like in the last half decade, basically. And, um, you could bring up Sully you know, if you wanted very... to. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves Sully. We've talked about Sully. Sully is a classic. Sully is, Sully is a good, but that one is also quirky. I mean, he's got like the white hair and the mustache and he's telling Laura Linney off and you know, yep. all that stuff. So, yeah, I think it's Laura Linney, right? Yes, yeah. it's Laura Linney. Yes, he's um, being very mean to Laura Linney, who just wants to make sure her husband didn't crash uh-huh. into the river and die. <laughs> oh, dare but no, we're gonna get this. We're gonna do. We're gonna. We'll talk about this obviously in the upcoming episode. But we are gonna skip. This is Da Vinci Code is the beginning of 
that if you're gonna call it an end, that's where you have to do it. Like uh, every a lot of the things yeah. after that are producer credits or just big big misfires. Yeah. This little stretch here in the early 2000s definitely feels like him just trying, like you said, trying out new stuff. Like which makes sense after Castaway, yeah. what was there left to accomplish? You know, we we touched on that uh, yeah. again in that episode. Like what what more Tom can Tom Hanks do? You know, like he carried a movie literally on his back the entire time that is entirely about him. He's in every I believe if not every single shot then pretty every single like might as well be in every single shot every single certainly every single scene pretty much like he's just he's the movie so I get why he would want to stretch his wings and, and try something a little different but yeah the Da Vinci Code is going to be a fascinating one too because then he starts making bad genuinely bad choices and but he hangs his hat on this this Langdon series that almost everyone critically and even not even just critically like I think even a lot of casual people don't even like like it's 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 very it gets it gets, it's lazy like it's certainly the laziest uh, endeavor he's ever embarked on, especially to make three of them. One would have been fine. Three is like, okay, dude, like, are you just what? What are you paying for with these three? And and why are the other movies you make in your spare time as bad, if not worse? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think the other thing is like, since we're talking about Spielberg too, he's also he does. Like, and you mentioned producer credits. Like, he does step into this. Like, I believe he produced Band of Brothers and um, The Pacific, and so he is getting these other projects done um so it's not like you know he's a he's a multifaceted person no he, he produced he produced uh, in this in between uh, a lot of these it, he produced uh <laughs> mcfat greek wedding he produces mama mia right. he produced where the wild things are like he did make some interest he did it was involved yeah. in some interesting movies so you're right he's never he and i, I don't want to, to besmirch the name of the great tom hanks like he's a wonderful actor one of our best and we look watching these movies has been a real treat but yeah it's just we're getting to the part that i think is is the hardest to parse because you want to praise the guy for a lifetime of wonderful work but at the same time you're like like you said it's hard to watch the terminal as, as the movie we're discussing here and be like okay like this guy is still magnetic and intriguing and like you said you kept your attention for you know two hours but what why how like it just it raises more questions than answers and that, that was just so foreign for the first 15 years of his career nobody cared about that and all of a sudden it becomes a thing right right well i i one theory i have is that there just there wasn't a lot of yelling in this movie from tom hanks and so i'm wondering <laughs> if you can track the, the decline in his career too i'll be i'll be i'll have the decibel meter out when we watch da vinci code <laughs> oh, and see if he, i feel like he yells all he the time in da vinci code don't you think like he's always yelling about yeah, the uh, the fucking turn that that thing counterclockwise to face that statue and that's true the this, there's you know? probably a lot of like yeah time-sensitive tasks that will bring some more <laughs> yeah. yelling out. You're, you're right. of, like you're mist, right. mist for computer, yeah. like that, those kind of tasks where you got to turn this yeah. and touch that and move that yeah. and then that door yeah. opens. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 You're probably right. You're probably right. Well, we'll see. I don't, I don't remember. I know I watched this movie at some point and I regrettably read the book and it's probably one of the worst books I've ever like read. I, I'm not advocating book burning, but if you had to choose one, like this would be it. Um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, I read it when I was I read it when I was a senior in high school, so in two thousand four, I think, and I was captivated by it. But I was also eighteen years old and a dum dum. So, uh, yes, yeah, so, yeah. Well, you know, it's 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 a way to read a three hundred page book while actually reading a hundred pages at best. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you remember, like every chapter is like a page and a half long, but then the chapter title is like half the first page and then the back page is like half page. So it's like, there's nothing there. And the, and the type is set at like 
triple space. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I, you know, uh, you, you can probably trace a direct line from the Da Vinci Da Vinci Code being a bestseller to um, wildfires in California being set by gender reveal parties. So <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. <clears throat> it certainly didn't portend good things to come for the nation. That's for no. sure. So. No. No. But Andrew, before no. we get that far, so the terminal, let's let's um, if you like you said, w- would your classification be good cable watch then? Like, would you, yeah. like, do, do you do you rank it like you know? But so it's not something that you find particularly. Do you know John Williams did the score for this too? Yeah. Wow, this is so um, star studded. I yeah, I would I would call it a good cable watch. I would call it like, um, I, I'm a little, I'm surprised that it like. When we look back at this this whole, whole filmography we've gone through, it's definitely like, I guess the biggest. I mean, continuing one of the big surprises to me continues to be how bad and how poorly I think of Sleepless in Seattle. Like I knew Turner and Hooch, which we started this series off with, was not good, but that was like kind of before Hanks got the engine going. Yep. And Turner and Hooch has sort of like a similar, or I would argue, a similar charm where it's a bad movie, but. Um, Hanks is it's a totally different kind of charm but Hanks you know has his, has enough charm to like kind of get you through it um, and you know he's like a he's got a nice bod in that movie too so that helps uh, and uh, but like yeah when I think about the fact that like this movie is like probably in the dustbin of history for most people and Sleepless in Seattle is like considered a great romantic comedy um, you know that that's it's, un- it's that's unfair wild. Andrew it's just it's just yeah. damn unfair yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. That is the biggest. Uh, we still have two episodes to go, but I think that will remain the biggest head scratcher in, in in not just in Tom Hanks, but just in movies in general. Like I, again, my my girlfriend, and I watched uh, Sleepless in Seattle, and she gets mad at me because I don't hate it as much as she did. Because and I hate it, and I don't <laughs> like it. I'm not saying it's good at all, but it's just she was just like, why is this happening? This is abhorrent. This is embarrassing, and I don't have an answer for it. And then it's, it feels like you and I and her and the others in our small brigade are taking crazy pills because everyone else seems to think it's a landmark achievement. But so I don't know who the fuck knows. But I know one thing, and it's that the terminal is wonderful. Medicine is for goat. <laughs> afraid from wolfmen's afraid from sharks. I love the terminal, and uh, I think if you watched it, uh, dear listener, and if you uh, didn't know what to expect, I think you'd find a lot to enjoy. So I I recommend it. Andrew is lukewarm, but it will certainly won't hurt you, and it could help you. So you know, in these in these trying <laughs> times, go watch the term. Remember, remember when you used to fly around everywhere too? What a treat that was! You can go to the airport and just go places, uh, and you didn't have to worry. Like what a magical time. It could help you as like a pitch for hydroxychloroquine too. I mean, I'm just like I'm just gonna throw that. You don't need to bring that up. We don't need to talk about that. That's don't compare the terminal to to faux COVID cures. That's not our fans. Yeah. No, I know. You. It's just the way you sold it. I'm yeah, not that's true. I did. Thing. No, I understand. I did. It, it, oh. Yeah, it, it's it's not it's not it's not a bad way to waste a, a couple hours. Uh, I yep. mean, there's better movies out there, but yeah. yep. That's right. That, I would concur for the most part. So there we go. That's our talk about the terminal. And as we noted several times, coming up next is the Da Vinci Code. I don't think either one of us would recommend our listeners watch the Da Vinci Code. I think that's a <laughs> burden that we have to bear on our own. But we're going to talk about it, and I think there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of questions we have about that fireworks. one. Fireworks. <laughs> and a lot of fireworks. fireworks. 
<laughs> so join us for that one, everybody. Subscribe to the Unreal Deep Podcast. Review us on your favorite podcast apps. We are available everywhere. And always, as always, you can find our archives and a bunch of other content at inrealdeep.com. Go check all that out. Bunch of stuff there. Movies are sort of back. I don't believe Andrew nor I will be watching them in a theater anytime soon, but they're coming back, so I don't know. I guess we'll figure that out as we go, right? Yeah. Um, uh, well, I was going to ask uh, later if you were going to go see Tenet, but I guess I got my answer now. Uh, I hear well, it's I, bad. I, I don't want to die for a bad movie. Uh, so that's yeah, yeah, yeah. it was good. Um, I would no. I'm not going to. I'm going to hold off until yeah. until we have some sort of uh, reassurance that that's a reasonable thing to do. Yeah. Uh, well, and the other thing I just wanted to say was you know um, uh, uh, R.I.P. to Chadwick Boseman because that was pretty tough news for us to have in the in the last. Uh, couple weeks uh right here between our last episode this one um and i don't know if we'll do a full thing on him but you know i I think you and i texted he was we feel like i feel like he just was getting started and um the eerie thing for me was uh i I, a few weeks before he died i watched um defy bloods on netflix which is spike lee's newest film and he literally plays a ghost um and that uh which is like and he's very good, um, and it's like an even more haunting performance. Uh, and the review is on InRealDeep.com. I recommend that movie highly, generally. But um, you know, that was a big loss. And you know, I, I crazy to me, you don't know what people are going through. Um, and uh, he was like, he became like a movie star while he was battling like serious cancer, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> like so. I, uh, that was like obviously you're never gonna be able to predict or, or anticipate something like that. But he was the last person I would ever have thought would be that to get that kind of news on a Friday or whenever it was 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 truly shocking. He's great. I haven't seen uh, as many of his movies as I'd like. I'm sure I will catch up now. Sadly, because of the circumstances, The Five Bloods has been on my list for a very long time, and I think it'll move to the top now. And I, I would love to talk about him at some point. Maybe we can find something, Andrew, uh, that isn't you know completely picked over by everybody else, and, and find a new angle to talk about him but regardless of whether we talk about him or not great actor uh, you know so sad to hear for him and his family like it's just uh it's sad when anybody dies at that age but someone that the whole world loves like that who just seemed to be hitting his stride that was that was really tough yeah yeah and there were some cool you know connections to denzel washington and getting his career going there too so um i guess wakanda forever and all that stuff so yep that's, um, <clears throat> that's the best we can do so yeah as andrew said check out his review on the site and go watch the Five Bloods. Uh, I will be doing that myself very soon. So, sad note to end on, but the world is unfortunately pretty sad these days. And luckily, we have the movies, and we have the terminal, and we have Da Vinci Code. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, so we're groaning. You'll groan too. But join us for that one anyway. We'll be back in the very near future. Andrew, thanks for coming on and talking Terminal. Thanks for watching a very, very lovely film that I really enjoy yeah sure absolutely and thank you all so much for listening we'll be seeing you further on up the road adios